0: Welcome to Inside the BACB, the official podcast of the Behavior Analyst Certification Board. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Inside the BACB. I'm Dr. Sarah Jenkins, the Certification Resource Manager, and I'm joined by Rachel Ulrich, the Director of Certification Services. Hi there. And Teresa Bartlett, Director of Testing at the BACB. Hi everybody. This episode is part of a series about the RBT certification for RBTs and applicants. This series will cover a key information about requirements to become an RBT and how to maintain the certification. We think individuals pursuing RBT certification and those already certified as an RBT will get a lot out of the series. And although this is for RBTs and RBT applicants, RBT supervisors or RBT requirements coordinators will probably get a lot out of these episodes as well. Today, we're talking about the application process to become an RBT and taking the RBT exam. All right, should we dive in? Yeah, let's do it. Yes. Let's start by talking about preparing for the application process, what's involved, and what to expect. Rachel, can you
1: first start by reviewing this? Sure. So first thing, the behavior technician needs to have a BACB account. So this account needs to be set up before they can even start thinking about applying. When they create the account they need to make sure to use their legal name so what's on their driver's license or other government issued id rather than a nickname because later on in the process this will prevent them um, from needing to submit a name change request when it's time to take the rbt examination okay so do they need to prepare or gather any documentation yeah so when it's time to submit their initial rbt application the technician will need to have a high school diploma or college transcript their certificate of completion for the 40-hour RBT training, and the completed initial competency assessment form. Once that's submitted, the supervisor or RBT requirements coordinator will need to go in and complete an attestation on the background and abuse registry, as well as confirm that the minimum age requirement has been met. Awesome. So I'm really
0: glad you made the distinctions of who completes each portion of the application process, because that question comes up pretty frequently. So a behavior technician should ultimately be the one to submit the application.
1: Yeah, that's right. So supervisors and administrative team members can provide support or guidance during the application process, but it's really important for the technician to take an active role in submitting their RBT application and managing their own account, given that their name will be the one associated with the certification and they'll be responsible for complying with the ethics code and any of the maintenance requirements. Okay. All right. So in keeping with the application process in terms of
0: volume, how many RBT applications does the BACB receive each week? A
1: million. (laughs) (laughs) But really, we usually receive about 1800 RBT certification applications a week.
0: Still. Good grief. That's a lot of applications. Mm -hmm. So how long does it take the BACB to get back to a technician about their application determination?
1: We say within two weeks, but most of the time we're usually getting feedback to the applicants within two business days. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, we have a fantastic team reviewing these applications. But if an applicant is unsure where their application is at in the queue, I always recommend that they look at the application processing page on our website because that's updated every morning and it tells you exactly what day we're processing applications.
0: Awesome. All right, so with all those applications, I imagine not all of them are accepted, so can you talk about what common reasons would be for an
1: application to be denied? Yeah, we have a couple common reasons, and the first reason would be the timing or sequence of when certain requirements were met. So, for example, if the initial competency assessment is completed before the technician completes the 40-hour training, or if the competency assessment is completed more than 90 days before the application is submitted, those would be reasons that the application is denied. Some other things is like incomplete or inaccurate documentation. So submitting documents without signatures or sections not marked appropriately or incorrect BACB IDs or cert numbers on the documents are other reasons that the application would be denied and those are easily preventable. All right. So suffice it
0: to say that behavior technicians and supervisors just need to double check the documents to ensure they meet all the requirements before they submit. Yeah, exactly. All right. If an RBC application is denied. What does the technician need to do? That's
1: a good question. So after each application is reviewed, the applicant will receive a detailed email of any next steps that they need to complete in order to proceed with their application. But one thing that I do want to stress is that the application materials must be received within 90 days of the application payment date. And so anything after that 90 days, a new application and payment would be required. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Any other
0: tips for behavior technicians going through this application process?
1: The biggest recommendation is just to use the resources that are on the BACB website, such as the RBT handbook, the supervision checklist for RBTs, and the five must know application tips blog. Those are all great resources designed to help technicians and their supervisors or requirements coordinators to really understand the expectations and requirements for how to become an RBT, and certainly how to maintain their certification. Also, just make sure that your documentation is complete before submitting it. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Great. All
0: right. So this is perfect information. Thank you so much for sharing. We'll now switch gears and talk about RBT examination. So a question that comes up is why examination is part of the eligibility requirements to become an RBT, which is an applied role.
2: So Teresa, do you mind giving some background on the requirement itself? Sure. In general, a certification examination provides a standardized method for evaluating someone's knowledge, skills, and abilities relevant to a specific job, in this case a registered behavior technician. So the RBT exam assesses the understanding of foundational behavior analytic principles and concepts to ensure that individuals who ultimately hold the RBT certification are qualified to provide services to clients.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I also want to emphasize that RBTs work with individuals from a variety of different backgrounds who have different therapeutic needs. So understanding behavior analytic concepts and procedures will help them pivot to working with a variety of clients. Great point. Okay,
2: so how is this exam structured? The RBT exam itself is a 90 minute computer-based exam that consists of 85 multiple choice questions and 10 of those questions are not scored. All right, so for
0: this type of exam, if a candidate needs an accommodation, what do they
2: do? They'll need to complete and submit an exam accommodation request form, along with supporting documentation that defines their disability and outlines the necessary testing accommodation. It can take up to 14 days for the BACB to review the information and provide a determination for the request and it's important that candidates wait to receive that determination email regarding their accommodation before they schedule an exam because if the accommodation is approved that email is going to outline specific scheduling instructions that they'll need okay
0: so that actually that's a perfect segue to talk
2: about the process for scheduling the exam Yes, once the BACB approves an individual's application, they can then create a Pearson VUE account to schedule their exam. So the Pearson VUE account is separate from the BACB account and is specific to scheduling an exam and viewing exam results. Yes, perfect distinction. And for additional information,
0: the BACB account is where candidates can view how many exam attempts they have remaining in their eligibility window, who their designated supervisor is, and details about the status of their certification. These are separate from the Pearson VUE account. That's exactly it.
2: So are there unlimited exam appointments from which to choose? (laughs) Not exactly, and I'll explain. We actually recommend that candidates consider several test centers in their area to ensure that they have scheduling options. So when they're scheduling an exam through their Pearson VUE account, they're presented with multiple appointment choices. But something to point out is that The appointment options are presented in real time, so the dates, times, and locations candidates see, say, early in the week, may not be available later in the week. Oh, like an insider tip. Yeah okay, that's perfect. <laughs> All right any other tips that you have um, for a candidate uh, or anything in, they need to know about the testing process? It's important that candidates realize that they have to bring appropriate ID to verify their identity when checking in for their exam at a Pearson VUE test center. So the name on the ID must match what they have provided in their BACB account, much like Rachel touched on earlier. If for whatever reason there's a name change The candidate has to take care of that before they actually check into their exam because they can't do that at the Pearson VUE Testing Center. And candidates will not be allowed to take the exam if their ID does not match the name that was approved on their initial application.
0: Okay, so and I'm glad we're we're circling around to this. Rachel, this might be a question for you. What's the process for updating or correcting their name?
1: Yeah. So candidates can initiate a request in their BACP account to change their name. So once they've submitted the request, they'll receive an email notification of any documents that are required to support the name change request. Once documents are submitted, they'll need to wait for confirmation from the BACB that the name change has been made before sitting for their exam. Um, So the name change process can take about three to five business days. So if they've recently requested a name change between having their application approved and for when they sit for the exam, they should really log into their Pearson VUE account and make sure that the new name is reflected in their account before their exam date.
0: Awesome, thank you for that clarification. And I also want to point out that we have really great resources on the BACB website that detail what an appropriate ID looks like. And Pearson VUE also outlines ID requirements in the confirmation email they send
2: after an exam appointment is scheduled. That's true. It's imperative that candidates read all of the communications from both BACB and Pearson VUE to ensure that they can test successfully. Awesome, okay. so. Let's say a
0: candidate was able to schedule their exam, now they take their exam, how do they view their results?
2: Testers can usually receive their results at the test center after they complete their exam, but in the event there's a technical issue or some reason they can't get them at the test center, they can always access their exam results through their Pearson View account. Cool. Um,
0: so we've talked about candidates having multiple exam attempts. So does that mean that they can retake the exam if they don't pass?
2: Yes, they can. They can retake the exam as long as they haven't exhausted all of their attempts within their eligibility window. So candidates have up to eight exam attempts in their 12-month eligibility window and each attempt must be at least seven days apart. Okay, any other
0: information candidates need to know about scheduling a retake
2: Yeah, uh, candidates need to wait for the BACB to verify the failed result, which can take up to 48 hours. Once verified, the retake application link will be available in their BACB account. So although they get their results immediately after they take the exam, the BACB must verify the results with Pearson VUE before a retake application link is available for them to complete in their BACB account. Perfect. All right, so
0: super great information. And I'll actually open up this last question to both of you. For listeners interested in pursuing the RBT certification or those that are going through the eligibility requirements right now, what are some resources that will help them on this professional development journey?
1: I personally can't stress enough the RBT handbook. This is a really great place to start. It has lots of details, so everyone involved in the process from behavior technicians, the RBTs, supervisors, requirements coordinators, they know what to expect from the entire certification process.
2: I agree, the RBT
1: handbook is,
2: is the most helpful resource. I also want to reiterate though, that the emails individuals receive from the BACB and Pearson View include critical information that can help explain the application and examination process and help manage expectations.
0: Perfect, all right. Well, I think we covered everything and that brings us to the end of our time. I want to thank you, Rachel and Teresa, for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Check out the next episode in this series. See you later. See ya. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Inside the BACB. Don't miss future episodes. Subscribe now.